You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Questions, the question and answer podcast brought to you by the KCSN Discord. My name is Craig Stout. Joining me this week, my good pal from AHPKC, his darkness. How's it going, buddy? So, so, yes, God. Uh, yeah, perfect. Just perfect. Yeah. absolutely perfect every yeah. single time. So, yeah. so. how's your ears, buddy? So, how's your ears? New Year's great. I mean, I, we're recording this on New Year's Day. Uh, got to get out, do a little we're bit both of alive. no hiking. We're both alive. <laughs> that's. I mean, I woke up and uh, I was not dead, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, how about you? Well, we got to watch the ball drop, which was a fitting in for 2023. <laughs> fitting in for all of us, so uh, ready yeah. to be done with that. Ready to be done with that part of the year. Turning the page to 2024 is literally all this team needed to rectify their wide receiver issues. Clearly, <laughs> that's that's what that's what we needed. Another ball to drop. So, uh, speaking of those wide receivers, we are going to lead oh, the no. questions from Grayson Jaspers. You said Chris. you said no wide receiver. I said no receiver questions. If I'm coming on, and you hit the first one. Buddy, that's a, like that's been all of twenty minutes. Oh Sixteen from, weeks, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go. The MVS is back next year. What are the? Sorry, you skipped. What's, what's the chance? percentage? What's the percent chance that MVS is still on this team next year? Can I can I go lower than zero? I can. I, I, that's kind of where I am too. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I can't imagine. Anyway, uh, it doesn't seem Mahomes is happy with him. Um, the, his contract makes sense to get out of it. I don't. There's no. I, I can't envision any reason to bring him back. Like like bringing another guy for the same price that you could pay him and, and expect a lot more. I don't. I don't understand what happened. He's not like that old. How, how old is he? Twenty eight. Twenty nine. You like, know. I I I saw somebody that posted something that said, I, I just refuse. This is a conspiracy. I refuse to believe that MVS has 150 plus catches. Like, yeah. I, I forget who, who it was I was. Kevin on. Clark. It was no, Kevin, it was Kevin Clark. Clark. There you go. Yeah. Uh, really good. And and even last year, it was like, I don't, I don't know if I'd say he was disappointing last year, but it was just kind of like the same as what he's done most of his career. He was who he was. Yeah. And yeah. We're just fine. And you're paying way too much to have that, in my opinion. You're, you're kind of expecting more and you give him that contract. Uh, but man, just worse across the board in in everything this year. Like I, I, I would have to imagine he has like the most snaps with the least amount of catches on the season. Like there, there's got to be a stat by that. I don't have the stat, but I would imagine that he is oh, yeah. at last in the NFL. Has to be. Has to be. He hasn't had a game where he's had more than three catches, and that only happened once. Like that happened against the Chargers. He went three for eighty four by far his best game of the year. Like that was the one that I think that we walked away from. It was like, Hey, that was the game that we were expecting out of him at some point this year. Maybe he'll have another one. And like, uh, it, oh, man. and I just, I, I haven't felt like this about a chiefs player. Just like having a whipping boy like that in a long time. Um, and it's, so it's weird to see and just two more drops. I mean, I think they would have been kind of difficult catches, I guess. The second one was, you know, full extension, but you you got to... When, when everything's going long, you have a chance. Here's your chance to, like, rectify it. Make a play. Like, everybody's pissed off at you. You can overcome... You can... You, people will forgive you. Like, you can overcome this. Make a play. And it's just like, he gets time and time again and, and completely fails each time. So I just... No. The answer to this question is 0.0%. Bye. That's the... That is the hilarious part. What you brought up right there, literally one big catch, and everybody's just like, oh, okay, hey, because the bar in this wide receiver room is so low, <laughs> and he's playing so much that if you just show up and have a three for 84 game would be wonderful out of NBS right now. Like, that would be outstanding. He wants to maybe save it for the playoffs, but, you know, he <laughs> does that in a playoff game. 
all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, you're still gone, but hey, thanks for your service. We really appreciate all of that. But man, it's just bad. And yeah, to your other point, I can't think of another guy that's maybe been this like, level. I think you got to go back to like Demetrius Harris, but he, I, he wasn't maybe? as big a factor, but it was like yeah. the mistake time and time again where it's just like, of course it's him. Like I, I, I'd have to go back to him for like a, a kind of guy like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people were big fans of Anthony Hitchens, but it's not like they were sitting there going, look at all the mistakes that are very quantifiable that I can see, you know. Yeah. I was never really mad at him. I was kind of mad at Veach for signing him, I guess. Yeah. 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 And him looking back at Mahomes, that was the maddest I've been all season. But for the fact that they defend him at every turn they get, and then for him on a pass that's ever so slightly behind him, an easy catch for him to do that little motion i was just like get the fuck out of here man get, yeah get here. especially especially with a defender on Maho. it's like hey buddy not everything's gonna hit you in the hands and we've seen what happens when it hits you in the hands unfortunately so it's not like it being located out in front of you is now magically gonna make you catch that so yeah i agree 0.0 percent chance for all of that apes of spades and casey from casey kind of asked a similar question here Apes of Spades is, was, can we just play Kelsey for a quarter this week to get him his thousand yards? We know how much he loves to feast on the Chargers. Can he get 16 yards on the first drive? How do you feel about playing Travis Kelsey this week to get over a thousand yards? I would leave it up to him, I think. Um, but I am in favor. Um, I like stats. I like records. Um, those kind of live forever. Um, so if he wants to continue adding to that streak, um, and just continue to blow the other tight ends in NFL history out of the water, I am all for it. Um, I, I mean, I realize the risk of it, it could go horribly wrong. Um, but I would side in favor of doing it. And I would, I would ask him, I, at this point I would, I would trust him and be like, I, I mean, do you care about this at all? And I don't think it's bad that he does. And then I would, if he does, then okay, then we're going to come out here and we don't have much else to accomplish in this game. So sure, on that first drive, do everything you can to get him 16 yards and then get him out. I do think it's very telling that they didn't dial things up to make that easy for him, especially at the end of the game, like when you know, the offense was having moments of ups and downs, like they were moving the ball okay between the 20s, like that wasn't the issue. They didn't dial up like a screen to Travis to try and have him pick up an eight-yard gain and then dial up another one to pick up another eight-yard gain. Like we've seen them fabricate some of those things, which makes me think if this matters at all, he's playing. Like, you know, because they would have done it. Like if it really mattered to him so much, I think that they would have really focused on that. So, yes, I'm with you. I, I think it's either it matters to him and the whole offense is playing because they're going to look at this and go, hey, we need the reps. Uh, we, we would like to get in rhythm a little more. Or, you know, listen, this man looks 34. Like, he does. He he looks like he's hurting out there. I am perfectly fine with him just saying, you know what? Streak was great, but I want a week off. Like, That's go funny. Go sit. Yeah. That's a pretty good counter because, I mean, if anyone looks like their body needs like a full week off on the team, it would be him. Like he just kind of looks clunky this year, which isn't, yeah. you know, it's it's nothing. It's expected. He's 34 years sure. old. So it's like, sure. okay, that, that makes sense. He's getting older. Um, so I, I can easily see the counter to that and just like, okay, his body just needs the full week off. Because, I mean, that means – like, I, I would give him some practice time off and everything. Just, like, it, we will need him as fresh as possible uh, for that wild carry. I'm almost kind of talking myself out of it at this point. Like, you, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, almost, there, I'm almost swamped. There are two players that I think I, I'm just, like, I, automatically they come to my mind that I'm like, sit them. It's Travis Kelsey and it's Legereus Need Because Kelsey, obviously, with, you know, what we just talked about, and then Sneed, just get that knee healthy. Just you know, need you for the stretch run and all of that, especially since there's nothing to be gained. I know that there's been a lot of that conversation out there, but I still see some of the questions here and there. Nothing to be gained for the Chiefs by playing in this game. Win or a loss does nothing to help their standings other than, you know, records and things like that. that I, I might throw Pacheco in there as well. Coming, Yeah, off the, I would uh, too. If Clyde is healthy, yes, absolutely. Anyway, I mean, put in, put in Piran for the whole game, but like Pacheco's 
been battling injuries, came back from the concussion, like without taking a week off, didn't really have a backup to trust in the last game. So he had to get extra run in the game. Like I, I, I could see the argument for not playing him any snaps. I would, I would like to see more Keontae Ingram. Like yeah. I, it, that dude is fun. Like he, he was, was active. He was, he was active. active. And then eh, they didn't really use him. I didn't. I don't think he logged a snap from. I don't think he did either. P. Ryan was the third down back and did not touch the ball. Understandably so. Did okay. You know, pass protecting, but you know, give Pacheco the week off too. I'm I'm with you there. All right, Nick Johnston says if each of you were the GM, would you make bringing back Chris Jones or Legarius Need the higher priority? Um. I would lean towards Legereus Sneed. Um which I think most people would at this point. <laughs> um he's just he's had a better season. I mean, first off, he's going to cost less. Um it just seems like the relationship with Chris Jones soured to a point where I mean, he's not going to want more than what he was asking for. He's not going to want less than what he was asking for last season, is he? Right. I mean, He's a year older, and you're still paying that kind of premium. Um, I just, I, it's tough because I think Chris Jones might be more valuable, um, based especially with like what they got behind him. Like I trust the depth behind Sneed better than I trust the depth behind Jones. Um, but still, Sneed seems like he's just in his prime now. Where I would put Chris Jones is on the back end of his prime in a, in a start of decline. And so I do not want to give him that kind of money um, if you're if you're looking at that. And I think that he's going to get that kind of money on the free market. So it's not even one of those things where you could be like, okay, buddy, you go test it and then come back here. We'll pay you what we wanted to pay you before. We're cool with doing that. Like I think that a team like the Chicago Bears would gladly give Chris Jones the whole Brinks truck and just say, hey, listen, we need you to help first pick? kind of bring it up. Yeah, go ahead. The first pick? They're going to give us the first pick for him? No, uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it wouldn't be something like that. Yeah, I mean, you're assuming we're going to franchise him and trade him, right? I mean... It gets kind of tricky. Sneed could also get the tag, so I don't. Right. It's a little tricky situation. Either got to figure out the trade or a new deal for Sneed or something... Mm-hmm. Before. I have been on record as saying I don't think the Chiefs are going to try and tag and trade him because of the way that things kind of went this past offseason. If there's not a team that's willing to come to the table with a decent offer, again, you know, Chris Jones is asking for a lot of money, deservedly so, and teams are going to be reticent to trade a high draft pick for even an all-pro player that's asking for $31, $32 million as, you know, a 31-year-old defensive tackle. This is the point where guys start to fall off a little bit more. He's 31 now? Uh, he's about to, oh, I mean, like, thinking about the first year that things are going to really hit. Like, that's going to be your big cap hit year. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that for the people listening at home. So, I, I think it's one of those that, if you are hoping for a tag and trade, I see a lot of people that are just like, man, I'd really like a first round pick, but I'd take a high second round pick. I don't know that they get that. Like, because it's so expensive yeah. to pay a guy like that. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be expecting more than a second round pick. So I, I'm right. I'm kind of have my sights set on that, which I guess if you let him walk in free agency, you probably get like a end of the third round compensatory pick and save trouble, but that's that's also you know, they're probably the going to spend that money on a wide receiver, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, in free agency, and then you're not getting that pick. I, I just, I think the looming salary and the looming cap hit, they don't want to get into a situation where they can't spend that money. And if they tag him and they're trying to wait for a good offer to come along, it might yep. be all the way to the draft before they can do that. And that hampers yep. their they ability can't. to play in free agency, and they can't do that. They so, can't do that. They can't do that. And and last one on Chris Jones, just I, he's always been a really good player, a great player. Um, he was at another level in 2022. Um, and I, I wanted to see like, if that's going to be one of my preseason questions for the year, like, is that Chris Jones, the forever Chris Jones, or is that just kind of like a contract year, one year thing where he's on a mission to, you know, overcome what happened to him against Cincinnati. And it, it was a storybook season and he dominated all season. Um, you know, 
I think he could have easily won Defensive Player of the Year if he kind of had you know, more of name recognition at the time. Um, but I don't think he has repeated that success, even though he's still having a really good year this year. He hasn't repeated the success of 2022. Um, and so I, I, it's reasonable to think that we'd take another, even another step down next year. Yeah, and you would think so. But, I mean, like, and that happens. Again, especially if he goes, if he's still with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that he probably, I think his floor is probably nine sacks. Like, I just think it is for the next couple of years, and that's worth a lot of money to this team. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think that they'll actually put a decent deal on the table for him. But if he goes to another team, like, again, he goes to the Bears, who else is taking attention away from him? Who else is uh, Montez Sweat is over there at least now, but I mean, like there are ways that Joe Cullen uses him. There are ways that Steve Spagnuolo uses Chris. Chris has free reign on third down. We've talked about it before. He lines up and is just like, who? Let's see what the protection's going to be. He has such a mind for protections and where the weak spot in this is going to be, and they give him the ability to just say, okay, you go tell Mike Dana to line up somewhere else. And he does. And then Chris Jones gets this awesome pressure. He does all that. I mean, like, it works. It's good for the defense that that sort of stuff happens. But is he going to get that kind of carte blanche to do that for another football team? Like, that's that's the real question. Put it in the contract. Get the Cats brothers on the case. Put it in the deal. I can line yeah, up right damn well, please. If, you, if I want to line up a cornerback, I'm lining up a cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jones is lining up a quarterback I can do it I can do it look at my contract look at it yeah yeah I listen I got the same guy that got Eric B enemies you know I get to call plays I get to make these decisions in my contract here let's let's kind of keep it with that here Corey Peter asks how is Jones looking in regards to his incentives I can just jump off on this real quick he's earned two million dollars of his incentives he had 6.75 that were on the table here doesn't look like he's probably going to get much more than that so you know I, I think that that it, it that ends up being about that and then to transition it here arrow asks who all on the team deserves to be an all pro and i can kind of start i think chris jones deserves to be an all pro might be a second teamer but i think he should be an all pro he I, still a top three defensive tackle in this league i know we're, we just got done talking about how this is a little bit of a step down from 2022 it's still top three in the league there. So I think Chris Jones deserves to be an all pro that just furthers his case for pay me a lot of money. And to be a defensive tech. I mean, you got Donald, uh, Leonard Williams. I don't know that Donald, like I don't look at Donald as having the same sort of dominance that he has in the past. Again, you know, getting up there in age, Leonard Williams. Um, let's see here. It, a lot of the guys that, that had big impactful years got injured. And so didn't, it weren't able to have some of the same, impacts that we have seen in the past Quentin Williams again was good was really good for that team I don't know if he was head and shoulders better than Chris Jones this year like and really it, a lot of this kind of comes down to name recognition too and Chris Jones it does. has that now at this point now he does um so I think he might kind of get there on name not saying it's undeserving or anything but if there's a bunch of guys that are even like oh hey yeah Chris Jones we know him and we've seen him do it before so he gets kind of the nod I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald has eight sacks on the year, 23 QB hits. Chris Jones has nine and a half sacks and 25 QB hits. Now, I know that those aren't everything, and obviously Aaron Donald gets a shitload of focus, but Chris Jones does too. So, I mean, like, it, it's one of those that I can see him making, at the very least, a second-team All-Pro there. Do you have anybody else outside of... You know, well, Sneed is the one you have to go to bat for. Uh, talking about name recognition I, it's starting to get out there now but before this year I don't think anybody knew who Legereus Sneed was um, you know the wild thing about Legereus Sneed is that he basically changed positions from last year playing inside in the nickel role and we always kind of said or maybe I did and we talked about it on our podcast is like he's a fantastic football player like and he's a cornerback and his weakness was kind of like true coverage skills yes. like he could do everything else like he could tackle he could blitz uh, run support, he could do all this, uh, but his weakness might be like his pure coverage ability, and you definitely can't say that now. Like, now, all of a sudden, he's following <laughs> the receivers and, and locking them down. Like, it's unbelievable what he's done, um, and so he's the guy that you'd really want to go to bat for, and just like, man, he is the guy that deserves it. He has had 
there's I don't there's no way you can look at other corners as having as good a season as him this year. Um, and so he's the one that like I really really want to see you get that recognition this year. Absolutely, absolutely the case. Like I I think I think he should be first team All Pro. Like I, and I think it should be overwhelmingly a first team All Pro nod for him. Deron Bland is going to get a lot of votes. Uh, you you have that many pick sixes in a row, you're going to get a lot of votes. But man, I there was that I think it was a national TV game where he was getting roasted. Yes. Like, I think it was a Thursday night game and he just got picked on like relentlessly. Like I'm hoping people have that in their minds and don't just look at interception because Sneed probably does. What does he have? Like one or two picks on the year? Like he doesn't one. I, I know he dropped one. He doesn't have yeah. the stats to like, mm-hmm. you know, if someone's just looking at stats, like correct he's not be jumping off the page. So it's going to be taking like, hopefully these voters know ball and know what's going on here and, and get it. That, and that's why like, I want to fight because because a guy like Deron Bland is exactly the answer who's going to get that. And it's just like, man, there's no way that just because he happens to catch, you know, six more balls and, he, and he's getting roasted nonstop. Like there's no way he's playing at the level of Algeria's. And, and Deron Bland hadn't played the same level of wide receiver that that Legereus need. I had, had this little game record quotient thing that I've been kind of tabulating all year long. I mean, the Chiefs have played so many top receivers this year, and I'm not even uh, top 10 receivers this year, and Justin Jefferson isn't even included in that list. And Legereus has just followed them all around, locked them all down. Chiefs haven't allowed a 300-yard passer all year. They've allowed a couple hundred yard receivers this year, but nobody that's on the top 10 list there. Like it's absolutely insane what he is doing. He should get the Stefan Gilmore votes. that got him the all pro knots. He should get those same ones. It's like you don't throw at him. And when you do, it doesn't work. So just give him those votes. He should get in. Do you think that I, I Kelsey is going to get in? I, I still think he's the best tight end in the game. Do you think Mahomes? Kittle actually had passed him in yards. Didn't didn't Kittle pass? He? Yeah, he may pass him in yards like last week. So yeah. the is And that may be the case. Who else is it gonna be? Laporta? I don't think I don't think they're gonna give a rookie a nine yeah. over Kelsey no. at this point. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. if he gets first or second team. Uh I would Butker, I would say oh, yeah. probably yeah. deserved first team. Um, I don't, well, the, the guy from Dallas, maybe Aubrey guy from Dallas has been automatic. He hasn't missed a field goal, but he did miss an extra point. I think. Yes. But I do want to put the giant asterisks next, next to Butker's miss because those balls were underinflated. So put it in there. Put it in there. Let's go. No, that, that makes sense. Butker makes sense. Do you think Patrick Mahomes makes an all pro this year? Because I don't think he does. I would say not. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you're throwing Lamar in there. Absolutely. And then either Tua or Purdy. Tua, Purdy, Josh Allen, I think all have a better case to be. Josh there. Allen? I mean, I'd push I back guess. on that, but I I, it's, I think they're battling behind each of those guys, even though. Correct. I get it. I, I think he's a better but, quarterback, but I don't yes. think he's had a better season than than you know these guys. I, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that at all. But it's one of those. I think the narrative around Josh Allen is way different than the narrative around Patrick Mahomes right now. I think the Chiefs offense has a stink on them that the Buffalo Bills offense doesn't. And it's not necessarily one of those things that when you're looking at the stats, you're like, wow, they're so much better than the Chiefs. They're not. But I just think that everybody is looking at the Chiefs this year and going, that's it. That's what your offense is like. It's really gross. So I think that you're going to have a lot of people. That just yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily want to see us rewarded for the kind of season that we had. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about so. Tooney? I'd throw Tooney in there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, offensive play, play as a whole is down. So I think Tooney has a shot at it for sure. Does but. he have any on his resume? Do you think? Tooney? Yeah, he's got a couple. I think. Um. So I I, I think that he's got the ability to you know kind of hold that down he's got the name recognition he's one of the best guards in the league he has he's got he has two, two second, second team all pros yeah one uh last year i could see that i can see that being i think the case I think because offensive line is really like the, where you see like the once yeah. you get in it's just like voters don't know what the hell they look at it's like yeah just keep throwing them in until like he yeah. retires basically I didn't hear he was bad, so we might as well just call him an all-pro. And so Creed might get in because of that as well. 
uh, even though he's had a bit of a down season, wouldn't you agree? I agree. I agree. And I don't think his snapping has been particularly good. It's been pretty inconsistent lately. So I, I, I don't know. I, but at the same time, who's had a better center season? Like, are you hearing somebody being so dominant? Are you hearing somebody do that? Like Jason Kelsey's going to get votes because he's Jason Kelsey. And Creed Humphrey's probably going to get votes because he's Creed Humphrey. Or the so, dude from the uh, Lions. Uh, yeah, Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow deserves. There's someone who keeps peddling him for NFL MVP. Hey, guys. They say, hey, listen, we're not going to give it to a quarterback this year. Let's just fully pivot. Let's go to the trenches. Let's do it. So I like that idea for Jason Kelsey, although I, I, I don't think he's been. I think he's getting a little older at this point. But like, because he's like the the head guy on that on the tush push. Like I kind of ordered that for for a while. Creed Humphrey also had second team All Pro last year. Correct. So I I think he's got a shot at making it. I think that's it though. Like I, as much as I want to give more nods to the defense here, McDuffie I think more. I, maybe. I mean, yeah, I think he'd be the next most likely. Also, yeah. tranquil, who can't even. Can't even, can't even get on the, the depth chart, but he gets an all pro. <laughs> I know it, it's just one of those. I think it's the oh, somewhat Justin part. Reed. Justin Reed. Uh, Justin Reed has great games. Justin Reed also has really terrible drives. Like it's it, it, he's tough. Can we just give it to Steve Spagnolo? Can Steve Spagnolo be first team all pro just down the sheet for every defensive play? I mean, I'm, he can in my books. He can <laughs> on my whiteboard back here. He made my all pro team. All right. I like that question. Good, good job. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. So uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this with more of your questions. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back with more of the questions on this week's 21 questions coming from the KCSN Discord here. So, I like this one a little bit. I know my answer. Kyle C. asks, if an NFL team approached you to be a scout slash analyst for them, I like the slash, it's not an either or, scout slash analyst for them, and it's the same salary as what you make now, would you do it? Like they can afford me. Come on. <laughs> um, if I can, yeah. I mean, hell yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I would. I would do that. Uh, I would not. Would not. <laughs> I would not. Do you know how much those scouts are basically a, like on the road full time? Like they're never home. They never see the people that they, you know, their families or anything like that. That's the number one detractor for uh, like family. Come on, that's that. I know, I know. Well, how about uh, analyst? Analyst kind of changes. What's an analyst do? I, I mean, he's just I don't know. Around. I don't know. Like, like he's maybe like an of... offensive assistant or something like that is maybe what they're looking for. You know, a lot of times those scouts, you know, as they transition into the year, they're quality control coaches or assistants or something like that. They kind of pick up some extra titles and things like that. I just I, man. I think an analyst is just sitting around and coming up with half-baked ideas to help the team, which is basically what I'm already doing. So I, I would yeah. love it. Okay, now see, that's different. Job. You give me, you give me that job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great ideas. Can, can you imagine? I'm just sitting in the room, just being like, "All right, Steve, I think we should do what you're doing." 
Just keep it up, buddy. I, I'll even I'll even offer one. This one's free on the house. I want to see an offense where, you know, so when the running back gets into a pile and then the offensive line comes back and, like, pushes him yep. for, like, an extra eight yards or something, kind of divide to, to design an offense around that where the running back can kind of get into, like, a, you know, like, it's kind of like the tush push, but, like, further downfield. So you get Pacheco just, like, into, like, a little dog pile, and then the whole offensive line comes and pushes him, and you're looking at, like, 12 yards of carry with that off. So Creed picks him up, and everybody on the board. pushes Creed. I like it. So he, like, runs like past the offensive line into, like, a group of defenders. They all wrap him up, and then you just start pushing. It's like a reverse flying V, and we know how that worked for the Mighty Ducks. I, I mean, I love you see it happen at the goal line, and it's just, like, oh, yeah. impossible to stop. Like, if he gets yeah. picked up at the five-yard line, and, like, the offensive line is going to start pushing, you can't stop it. It's too it's too much manpower. I'll be, I'll be like, a time management analyst. How about mm-hmm. that? Whose job it is to just basically sit there and be, like, Hey, um, because I see this every single week. It, it, it's not the Chiefs necessarily. I think Andy does an actual okay job with this. But like Detroit this past week, I was I was losing my damn mind where I was just, they're lining up, they're going for it on third down, they don't get it, and then they spend the next 15 seconds of the play clock going, well, what kind of play call would we run on fourth down? Do we want to go for the, do we want to, like, I'm going to be the guy when it's third and three, when they're lining up on offense, I'm in the coach's ear of being like, hey, uh, what are we running on fourth? Like, I, I, I appreciate that you guys are eternal optimists and you think that everything's going to work and you're just going to convert, but what's it going to be? Like, you need to decide now so that way you don't burn timeouts and burn some of this stuff. It's, it, it just baffles me. Every single week, every single game, it seems like I see something like that where they're just not prepared to make that decision in the moment. And it seems easy. Maybe tell them... Once the conversion's backed up to the seven yard line, like maybe that's a time to kick. Yeah, the yeah. Point. Hey, uh, how about we not we no tie the from the seven? Game. That was, or that was or, so no. I watch it on DVR, so like I can't tweet about it or anything, and I'm just like, what are they doing? <laughs> what they're still going for two? Like, have they lost their minds? I think now, yeah, I think he lost his. Now, I I think he did lose his mind. Now, to be fair, when it did get moved back to the three and a half yard line. I was fully on board with going. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of questionable, then. It's kind of coming. But they already had, like, the disappointment. Like, they had the disappointment of that play, and they're all, like, furious about it. Like, of course you're not going to be at your best on these next two plays. Right. Those next two plays they, were terrible. Like, they were, it, they, it, yeah. they didn't really get close, so I, was, I, was, I couldn't. I legitimately oh, I felt bad that they burned two great two-point plays you know again the one the first one that scored and then obviously they call this terrible just absolutely terrible penalty back and then the one where they throw it to Decker like like man you you have a limited number of those two-point plays I don't think everybody realizes it's not like you're sitting there being like hey we know what we're running from the two yard like no your two-point playbook is small and so you burn a couple of those really good ones as a playoff team that sucks like they're really so anyway um i i i would probably still not do that there's a lot of time analyst 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 right analyst over here deep dive deep dives all day <laughs> all day all right i, I like this one um zach Seminer asks asks whew, that's a mouthful right there please describe the feeling of dread the rest of the nfl will feel when Playoffs LeVon reminds them what he is here in a couple of weeks. Do you feel like this offense has another gear, Dirk? Or do you think this is it? I I don't think I would say another gear. Um, I think the hope is just that, I mean, a lot of, what a lot of people are saying is that they clean it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the hope. I don't think it's like all of a sudden going to be like a 2018 offense or even 2022 offense. No, um, I think that ship has just kind of sailed, um, and I think they recognize that. I think they've kind of spent like the first fifteen weeks, and that was kind of like that's all the simplify reports that came out this week. Like, okay, we're we're done trying to be that, and we are now focused on trying to win this way. Um, but I think where this question is kind of going also is if the NFL watches the Chiefs win the Super Bowl in this kind of year when they've just been seemingly dog shit for 16 weeks and if they pull it out that year i would be 
infuriated. Like I, I like they win it this year. Like how can they win it this? Like this is they're down here. This is this is the worst we've seen them, and they pull it out this year. Um, so I think that would be kind of crushing to fan bases um, around the NFL, and it's and it's on the table. I mean, it is the Patriots. I mean, they're kind of the most comparable situation to the Chiefs now, how they're set up for the next you know ten years with Mahomes here. They didn't win it in their all their best seasons. It wasn't like their best, you know, what was it, six teams? Six teams won the Super Bowl. No. It was just that they got there enough times, and you kind of grind out these games until, like, some of their teams that win the Super Bowl aren't that spectacular, but they're just in the dance time and time yeah. again, and you pull it out. So yeah. it's not always that the last one. That last Super Bowl ring yeah. for the Patriots was an incredibly unimpressive team that the Chiefs should have beaten if if that team could have played defense in the Absolutely. playoffs. Absolutely. Like it, 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 and the Chiefs would have dog walked the Ra- the Rams. I, I fully believe that in that game in that Super Bowl. So yeah, fully agree. Their, their best team, their best team of all time, was the one that Steve Spagnuolo made his name off of. So I mean, like it, it happens every single year. We see this happen all the time. And again, the Ravens look to be the best team in football right now. How many times have we seen the Ravens be the best team in football in the regular season and get into the playoffs and just? lay a turd you know it, it has happened and i've realized that they're a little more battle tested this year i do believe that they're going to win a playoff game this year but my goodness yes like, perhaps yeah more excited to watch than playoff levon would be playoff lamar Ooh. because he has had a troubled past in play he has absolutely um, if he not, if he not, comes out and starts avalanching oh no like yikes could be bad so no. i don't know I, we'll we'll see there, but yeah, it, if playoff Lavon shows up and this offense does enough to help this defense, and they go ahead and win the Super Bowl, like holy cow, man! Like you, you, it, that's just one of those that, especially as an AFC West opponent, you're just gonna look at that and be like, I don't know what the hell we need to do. And like, it's and it's like the feeling of when the the Patriots were winning them at the end, and it's just like I'm so tired of watching them win. Like it was just like I I. It's like, I can't support the NFL anymore. Like, they're just too good. Like, get them out of here. Like, just yeah, get them out of here. And that might be happening with the Chiefs if they win it this year. And we're still, maybe, you know, in the in the early stages of Mahomes' primes. So oh, yeah. Like, ah, it's yeah. 12 more years of this. I know. Absolutely. So, to tag up on that, our guy Christian Gumminger asks, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, <laughs> should Clark and Mayor Q do something different from the parade. What should they do this year instead? I don't know. How do you feel? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or you got ideas for how the parade could be different. Can they parade down to here to LA? Maybe. Uh, I mean, or do you know, little tour? Drop a Denver on the way. Or maybe like a month long tour. They go to different cities. Oh, 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 oh. These fans. I would. I would love that. That would be a wonderful. Super Bowl parade tour. Like, like, oh, the whole man. NFL cities that they show up and they're just like. That's right. <laughs> the fans <laughs> were just curious what we were talking about. Now the Chiefs are coming here and celebrating in your city. <laughs> just the most, like a full heel turn. Like a full and complete heel turn. Like they're just up there, Patrick's holding the trophy and being like, y'all ain't shit. I rule this this league. This is it. You know, I, I would love that. It did kind of feel, I mean, like last year's, it just kind of felt like they were trying to repeat uh, almost what happened in the, first one which i'm not sure what else you do so it's a good question but like i don't party at arrowhead maybe hey, uh, i i don't hate that um party at clark clark house's clark hans house <laughs> uh, i mean let's be realistic here that's about the you want to talk about a 0.0 percent chance leaving is back that's a negative percent chance that that clark allows anybody into his house so <laughs> that's <laughs> like who are you Nah, no nah, man. He knows me. He knows me. I chased him down at a uh, an LA Galaxy game. So I, we're we're now. He knows you. We're like, hey, you remember me? Can you let me in? What if he said that would be wonderful? I'd be like, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I was the guy knocking over women and children to say to say hi to you. To wait. <laughs> All right, Keith McLean asks, what is more likely? And now, a fourth Super Bowl appearance or first round exit. So, again, appearance, not win. 
appearance here or a first round exit. Okay. Interesting question. I would say, I think a first round exit's more likely. Unfortunately, like I don't, I don't want to be the the the, the downturn guy here, but uh, I think that's especially if you draw. Uh, I guess Miami. I guess Buffalo's more or less off the table. I saw there's some scenario where it can still play them, but I haven't seen. There is. There. there is. It's it's a cascading sort of thing that involves the Steelers and the Jags and the Colts, and the, it, it, it's a it's a big mess. Which there. I think Buffalo's probably a little overrated in terms of being a Super Bowl contender, but I do think I they kind of have the Chiefs' number. Um, and they seem to play us really well. So it's not a team that I would want to see. Uh, I guess Miami coming to Arrowhead. Man, I, I feel pretty confident in that game. I, I, I feel I, I feel very confident too. against Indy or Houston. Oh, okay, what's your answer? Let me think. Let me think. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say that it's more likely to be a fourth Super Bowl appearance because I think that the now again I I realize I watched the same team you all have all year long that can get beat by anybody. Like they just can't. But I fully believe in playoff spags, playoff Andy to do enough against Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Houston. Who else would it be? Miami. Because again, Miami does not want to travel. They do not want to play a cold weather game. Like I, I love that everybody's just like, well, Miami, you know, they don't have as much on the line as Buffalo this week. It's like they absolutely do. They don't want to go and play in cold weather. And so, I think the harder thing with Miami, too, is the path afterwards because you play yeah. Miami first and then you'd go at Buffalo most likely and then a good chance to go at correct. Baltimore, which is basically the three best teams, uh, correct. You know, other teams in the AFC. So that would be uh, a very tough path. for them. That would be brutal. Buffalo is the only one from a first round exit perspective. I'm with you. I just feel like they can go blow for blow. The defense is good enough. The offense is good enough. Again, not perfect. I, I think that they are a little bit overrated. And yeah, if Kadarius Tony aligns correctly, we get one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL, and the Chiefs probably win that game. I think that the Chiefs can beat that Buffalo Bills team, but I'm not as locked in on that. But again, that, that all the teams that I just listed there, I think the Chiefs can beat. So from a first-round exit perspective, I think they can go ahead and do that. I feel good about Andy and Spags in a one-off playoff game to kind of handle business. And then after that, hey, hell, you're in the dance. Like, why not? So, Play with house money. House money at that yeah. time. I, I, I'm going to stick with my answer. I'm going to stay first-round exit, more likely. Begrudgingly, it's I'm going to tell you. Begrudgingly, it's tough. I can I wait until after I see which playoff Ravens show up? Because that that kind of determines it. Because if they show up and play like they are in the regular season, it, it's first-round exit. I, I don't think that this football team can take it to the Ravens in the way that they would need to. Okay, this is a really good one. Z. Adera says, if we could get Mitchell Schwartz 2019 playoffs level play, which he put in parentheses, flawless, from <laughs> any one player on this team, which player would help this team the most? Is, I mean, is this realistic, or can we just Re take our worst player and and say that he's going to? I mean, because you're talking about I'm a war flawless. Yeah, you're turning MVS into uh, you know AJ Brown. Uh, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Flawless uh, for them. How about that? Flawless for yeah. Them, I think flawless for MVS is still MVS. Yeah. <laughs> Two hundred yards a game. Like, yeah, I'll take that. Um, okay. Uh, you go first. Let me, let me try and think of who that might be. I'm going to say Jawan Taylor. Um, I, I, I sure. realized, yeah, yeah, I realized that that's, you know, kind of uh, low-hanging fruit there, but he's been a little bit of the thorn in the side of the Chiefs offense. When he's not playing well, the rest of the offense doesn't play particularly well. They can't get any of the downfield stuff going. Wanya Morris remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be the guy once Donovan Smith is healthy, if he ever does get healthy this season. But I think that if they get locked down Jawan Taylor playing to his flawless, which is a, a top right tackle in this league, they can do a lot on this offense that they can't do right now. So I'd go that one. I'm going to go with Nick Bull um, because I think we've seen a high variance of play from him. Um, I do think he. you're seeing offenses kind of attack him when he's on the field. 
um, and his coverage out of the backfield and tight ends and stuff. Um, but we've also seen him, you know, when he's good, Nick Bolton can do a lot of things. Um, and so if, if I could lock that in, cause I think they're dead set on playing Bolton. I don't think we're all kind of asking for them to, you know, put your ankle in that every down roll. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bolton is someone who we've seen a lot of great from, and we've seen some bad from. Um, so if you could lock him in as being great for the playoff run, I'll go with him. I will, uh. We are recording this on Monday, so the article will be up on Tuesday. This will be published, I believe, Tuesday afternoon. So, I will say this. If you can get the post-Tranquil Drive Bolton every single snap of every game, that defense, you're great. Um, Go read my article that is up there. I looked at a lot of the stats between early game Bolton when they pull Tranquil, or when they put Tranquil on the field, pull him, basically, Bolton for one series. Happened basically every game Nick Bolton was healthy this year. They did this. And when he comes back, it is jarring the difference in statistics. That Are you looking at just this last game or for like the last? The whole season. Whole season. They, have, they have done it since week one of this season. So go read that. He, I mean, he had a tough start, a real tough start in this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Um, and the Bengals were clearly going after him. Same um, thing with Buffalo. And the second half, like, he really turned around and played. He had a pass breakup in there. It was really nice. Uh, like, played a much cleaner, better game in the second half. It's, um, and, and I'm looking to get defense-wide, not specifically just at the linebackers here. I'm looking at what the defense has done in those early ones versus the later ones there. Do you have a theory on this? Like, is it, I, I'm, I'm sure I you're going to break down some statistics. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I'll, I'll share the theory with this. I, I've kind of touched on a little bit in the lab there. I think that Steve Spagnuolo has been in Kansas City long enough to realize, okay, I can do all of the game planning that I want to do for every offense that we play, but I'm going to catch everybody's best shot. I'm going to catch them doing all sorts of crazy random shit that they don't do, tendency breakers, things like that. That's going to happen against me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the notes that I learned from the Darius Harris, Willie Gay experiment where they were swapping those guys out. And I'm going to say, okay, we're going to come in with our base level defense. We're going to come out there. We're going to run some of the same stuff to start the game. We're going to see what the offense wants to do. And then after the second or third drive of the game, because it depends on the kind of the game flow there and how things are going, we're going to pull Nick to the sideline. We're going to put Drew out there as the Mike linebacker, and we're going to sit down with Nick because he is so smart, so football savvy, that we're going to sit here and go, here's what they're doing. Here are the adjustments that we want to make. We don't have to wait until halftime. And then all of a sudden, when Nick Bolton comes back out on the field in drive three or four after, you know, Drew Tranquil had, or sorry, four or five after Drew Tranquil has had his drive, now all of a sudden the Chiefs have made their in-game adjustments and the opposing offense doesn't really have anything because the Chiefs know how to defend what their basic stuff is, what their go-tos are, and now they've been able to counter what the early stuff is. And so offenses are lost and it is it is truly jarring what the difference between those two numbers are that's just my theory i think that he well, that kind of yeah i mean that goes hand in hand with like i mean basically since the bye week they've been letting offenses get out the hot starts like time and time again and they figured it out in more of those games than they haven't correct um, but though it has been you know kind of eye-popping like offenses in their first two or three drives against this defense have had a lot of success they can move the ball they can move the ball and a lot of times we see it it's like the offenses go heavy they try and throw different route combinations add a nick bolton and he ends up with a target on his back then they pull him off the field show him what's happening on on the tablet because unfortunately this offense goes three and out enough to where they can't like get over to the sidelines and be like okay nick let's let's get let's get into this you know it's like they can't make those sort of adjustments in the way. So they give him a drive off and say, okay, here we go. Here's how we're going to come out after this. And you see a lot more communication between like him and Justin Reed. You see a lot more, you know, of that back and forth. And the defense is a lot better after that drive on. And it's happened all year long. Couldn't they do like tranquil, like the first half linebacker and Nick Bolton is the second half linebacker. See if, if I'm analyst, 
<laughs> not animals. I can take what you're saying and spin this into the best way to, to utilize it. See, what I'm learning here is that playoff spags is going to give like, you know, Nick Bolton one drive, put Drew Tranquil in drive two, and then drive three is just going to be the lockdown defense from that on, that point on. They're not going to wait as long. But no, I do think that he saw the way that that helped Willie Gay see the game. And I, I think he looked at it and was like, Nick is insanely smart here. We don't need him trying to figure this out on the field. We've got another guy that we trust. Let's get him on the sidelines. Let's show it to him and see what happens. And my goodness, it, it really is staggering, the difference huh. between the two of them. So huh. go read that. Big, big plug for all of that. But Hell yeah. I knew I knew Dirkness would get into that there. Um, Dunklin Anglin says, if starters sit out this week, what players are you most excited to see play? Yeah. Interesting question. You got you got answers queued up. I think I'll go Shamari Connor. I think he I, he's he's certainly getting reps right now. It's not like he's not playing right now, but he would still Jimmy Changa or Jimmy Churi is his preferred pronunciation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I listen. Either one. Either one. I I should have. That, that's on me. I, listen. I don't default to your excellent nicknames, but yes, Jimmy Churi, uh, Jimmy Churi Connor. I I would really like to see him get. Just more reps, just get more comfortable on the field, get more comfortable, you know, seeing the speed of the game, the angles that he needs to take. I, I think he's got a chance to really be a good safety for Steve Spagnolo. And, you know, I, I I think that he has a chance to supplant or maybe have a Brian Cook-ish postseason, you know, rookie Brian Cook. Go in there and, and have a big postseason, feel more comfortable in that, just getting him more snaps. That, that's really all I'd be looking for. And yeah, I, I mean, he kind of established that he's a great blitzer. Like, I would love to see him more in coverage and see if, like, he's going to be, um, you know, a great all-around player. Like, it, it's clearly that he can has he has the ability to do some things, um, but let's just see him in like a traditional kind of corner role. Or is he is he a safety? I, I always get confused. I mean, he's playing safety now, he but he lines up of... at nickel corner a lot. So like, I, I always get confused. he lines up at nickel corner in their big nickel. Where, where they've got heavy personnel on the field. So he's kind of their, their in-between counter uh, of what they can do there. But with Brian Cook's injury, he is playing more deep safety. So it's, uh, he's not just exclusively in the box. He is playing a little bit more deep safety. So does there's have, certainly does he have that kind of advantage flexibility. Does he have that um, kind of speed? He's got speed for, uh, for split safety. Yeah, he does. Uh, it, it's a lot of explosion that you're saying has. Kind of, safety, but not for single high. I wouldn't say single high. Yeah, but the Chiefs don't play single high very often. They don't really need to. So, even with yeah. Brian Cook, even with Brian Cook, yeah. Sorry, I kind of thought he was doing that. He, he seems like a he little bit has the speed. He does. When he got hurt, I was really, I was like, man, I don't know if we have this kind of player in the safety room anymore. Like, like with that kind of speed, like Reed's a great player. Uh, Mike Edwards is doing some things, but neither of them is like someone you want to throw back there in single high. They like just can't, sure. they don't have the range to get to the sideline to. Uh, and again, in, in like base personnel, they, they'll dabble with single high a little bit more. But once they get into, you know, a second and long, third and long, they're in their nickel and dime packages. And Steve Spagnuolo is calling exotic coverages and exotic blitzes. Now they're play they're traditionally playing either two high or cover zero. The surest thing in the NFL this year is the Chiefs defense on third and long. And then the Bengals get a fourth and 18 and just... I know, right? Someone wide open, drops back for two and a half seconds. Just no resistance whatsoever. Like, what was that? And it, what it was, was they knew that George only got a half a sack credit for that previous one and that he needed a full sack to go ahead and get that done so he could go ahead and beat Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, they wanted more plays. They wanted more plays. That's all it was. And then Chris Jones got a sack too. Like, they got two more sacks out of the drive. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the top answer on the board here and go with Felix. Yeah. Um, Anna Dookie Uzuma. <laughs> Did I say it right? You guys, don't, you guys don't have a nickname for him yet? No, <laughs> well, he doesn't play enough. You got to get some run. You got to get some run to see to get a nickname. Get that. Get the nickname generator churning. Uh, but I, I would love to see him because I mean he's going to be he's a first round pick obviously so sure four more years of control of this guy like let's uh, see some, some some of what we got like I see some debate going around of you know there's you know players taken behind him that are producing this year obviously but he was kind of uh, I don't think he was supposed to see the field too much this year 
but he's seeing so little of the field that it's kind of like, man, you'd like to see more than that. Like you'd at least like to see him in the rotation yeah. where I feel like he's getting like five, six snaps. I didn't, I didn't see the snaps from this game. I, I did see him in the game at one point. Um, but you'd, I would prefer to be seeing him up around like 20 or 30 snaps. Um, I know there's a lot of talent in front of him, but still um, with a first round pick, someone you haven't seen much from, I hope he sees like 80, 90% of the snaps in this game and right. just, Let's see what he's got. Like, let's because I, I thought he showed some flashes early on in the season. Haven't Agreed. really seen those flashes later in the season. Um, so I would like to see a whole lot more. Basically, since Charles Aminahue came back, yeah, that, that's that's what it was. Aminahue came back, basically earned all of those snaps. I'm not worried about King Felix at all at this point. King? Like again, Felix. King Felix that 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 was his nickname in college, at least. Oh. So, um, you know, it 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 was. It's one of those that he was always going to be a dev guy. He was going to need a year to get adjusted, that sort of stuff. I'm more than happy with that. I've always kind of looked at 2024 as being the year that he needed to kind of step up. That was going to be maybe the first one here. And again, I, I, I know that I'm saying this with George Karloff is having double-digit sacks this year, has the highest potential of any defensive end in this rotation. Easily the highest potential. So if Joe Cullen and company want to say, hey, listen, just be a sponge this year, learn how to do stuff, and let's turn it on next year, then, hey, I'm fine with that approach. Yep. Neil asks, you only get to drink one beer for the rest of your life. What is it? Mine mine is Dale's Pale Ale. I mean, oh. First of all, brewery is, like, right there. Like, I, I can throw a rock and hit it. So, um, that, very that easy for me. What's that? Does that factor into your decision? No, it doesn't factor into my decision because I already drink enough of it for it to be the one beer that I could drink for the rest of my life. Man, I'm always, I'm always trying new beers. So I, I just, mm-hmm. I just drink like a lot of IPAs, hazies, and stuff like that. Uh, West Coast IPAs; those are like my go-to kinds of beer. But I like there's so many of them now, and I'm rarely disappointed. So it's just like I, right. I like to get different uh, flavors and tastes in there and try try new stuff all the time. Um, I, there's a few staple beers that I have. I'm going to go with fat tire, um, as my, my holdover beer. That one's, um, gotten me through some tough times (laughs) and, uh, fat tire is, it's really good. And sometimes, sometimes I drink it and I'm like, I swear I'm drinking it. I'm like, this tastes like candy right now. And I'll just start drinking way too many of those. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll go with, I'll go with fat tire with my answer. Yeah. That's, that's me and, uh, Coors banquet. That's why, you know, just like, Oh, 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 it's gone. Uh, guess, uh, need another one of those. So, damn, yeah. Hound and Coors Ben, you don't get a tummy ache. That's that's a full Funny. beer, it's a full body beer. I'm I'm telling you, I, I I do love multi lagers, man. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> all I, right, I want to shout out to Guinness too because Guinness is yes. Oh, my goodness, Guinness disappears. Oh, my goodness, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, my Guinness, yeah. <laughs> No, it's it, that it, that stuff disappears. I go I go through moods and it's just like light and uh, flavorful, and so I shout out to Guinness. I, I just have such an affinity for that for um, car bombs, uh, Irish car bombs. Yeah, I just used to drink those all the time before. At that time, Casey Wizards games at Arrowhead in the parking lot, just slamming those. Whew. Buddy, that was a time I was a lot younger and could you know do that sort of thing <laughs> i could do like maybe one or two of these i if, if i did one now i would wake up a week later and just be like why am i still hungover like it would be the loveliest things <laughs> yeah all right take the frank says what's your entrance music for an mma or a pro wrestling debut love that one Dirk. i want you to go first entrance music um i'm gonna have to go with um, Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part Two. As, I as think music. Why did I not think about this? I, I'm <laughs> you do. I I get so angry because I I hear that song everywhere else all the time. I hear that sporting event all the time, and it just I'm just like, damn it! How can these guys play it? And yet it's part of Chiefs tradition, part of our lore, and and just a tradition that I loved, man, man. That, that's so we're gonna beat the hell out of you, for yeah, yeah, yeah. I used, I loved that. Um, I always kind of debated with myself, like, what's the better tradition, like Home of the Chiefs, uh, or we're gonna beat the hell out of you? Just both, um, just 
part of going to Arrowhead, part of the experience. I loved it. Um, and now when I hear the song, I get upset. So, you know, if I'm coming down to, in a fight, like I'll, I can get up, I can get a little fired up. Like you're going to be angry. Not, not, I should be hearing this at my not favorite song in Arrowhead. Now I'm pissed off. I'm going to beat this dude. I love that. Um, I have been stuck on the Sleigh Bell song Locust Laced for like a year and a half now. Like I can't quit listening to it. And I, it, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a good song, pretty heavy, um, would really hit. There's part that's, you know, really up tempo where she's screaming. I feel like dynamite, you know, over the top of it. Like it, it would play. Like I could see the pyrotechnics on the stage Mm. and during my pro wrestling debut, of which I'm a jobber. I don't know why I'm even getting, you know, uh, an entrance here. I'm getting fed to somebody, but um, I, I would, I would really enjoy that. So, yeah. Did do you have a favorite wrestling entrance? Favorite wrestling entrance. I, I would watch. I, I mean, I could still pull them up these days and watch like NWO walking out. Uh, I mean, those, those are good. You know, I, I was... like the whole game, the whole fifteen of them. They're all walking out. Hogan's playing the belt. Uh, oh yeah, it yeah. does not. It doesn't get any better than that. I can still, and, and I'm, not, I'm not watching matches. I'm just watching. I can just want to watch like just the just walk down and they're just punking on fans and slow rolling it. It's it's fantastic. I really, I wasn't a huge Goldberg fan, but I I loved the the uh, entrance. Like that was that was pretty cool. Um, a little bit newer stuff. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura's, you know, like the the violin entrances that that he does were were really really cool there for a little while before. Yeah, that past me. Who who is it? With uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, he, he's in WWE right now, but um, a m- more recent guy, and then another guy that that's in WWE right now. But when he was in NXT a few years ago, gosh, this may have even been a decade ago at this point. I don't remember, but uh, Bobby Roode. Had you know it, his song "Glorious"? That that it's just a chorus singing it, and he just came out. It kind of like Ric Flair, just kind of draped in all of these you know jewels and this this silk robe, and just kind of bathing in all this. And he was this nasty heel. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, I I like that one a lot. So, all right, final one that we've got here. We have twenty one. Is that twenty one? Well, it's twenty one ish. We have to cut. Um, some, did we go? Did we go too long? Uh, no, no. We need rabbit fire. We need to. We need rabbit fire. <laughs> Great Jasperus asks, how many points do the twenty twenty three Chiefs defense give up to the twenty eighteen Chiefs offense? Interesting. It's a really good one. Um, I can lead. If you want, because I still think that that Chiefs offense scores 24, 27, something like that. Like, I don't think that the the Chiefs defense has the horses against that offense to really keep them quiet for as long as they have against other teams this year. They're too explosive. There's too many things going on. You know, I love Steve Spagnuolo, but that offense was crazy. And trying to stop it with the horses that the Chiefs have right now would be very, very, very difficult. So I, I don't think that they would be able to keep them down in a meaningful way. Well, yeah, I mean, the the fewest they scored that year was 26. Was that it? Uh, that was, yeah. And I mean, that's that's when they had like their 26-point streak going for a long time. I think the 2019 game against the Colts snapped it. Um, so 26 against the Cardinals. I think I don't think they really pressed it in that game. And then 27-24 against the Ravens in overtime. Uh, so that's only 24 in regulation. I think that's a pretty fair comparison like that. Ravens defense then is like yeah. fairly yeah. comparable to the Chiefs defense now. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm right in that same area. I'll go with I'll go with that 27. I'll stick with that. 27 against Denver too. I think Denver's defense was still really strong in that year. So I, I kind of put the Chiefs defense right alongside them. So I will go 27. 27 points. I like you know, it. What, we got to do the reverse. What's the 2023 20, Chiefs offense score on the 2018 Chiefs defense? Oh, my. 35 points. That's going to do it for this edition of 21 Questions. So the 2023 Chiefs win. They beat them? Yes, they do. They do yeah. actually beat them. And it's I, I entirely... 
because of Bob Sutton's defense. <laughs> I think it's 27. I think it's a tie. I think they end oh. up tying. Only 10-minute overtime. Both teams kick a field goal, and, and it's, a, it's a tie. That, that Butker kicks both field goals in overtime, and they tie themselves. <laughs> he, he plays both ways. He's the, he's the both ways kicker. I love it. Love it. That is going to do it for this edition of 21 Questions. Really appreciate everybody for listening. Really appreciate his darkness out here rocking out to Voodoo Child for joining me. I'm Craig Stout. Be kind to each other. We will catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.